the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Friday afternoon in Adelaide. Welcome to Sports Day. Paul Bonds are with you. And I've got the better-looking Menzel brother today. Troy is in, filling in for Dan. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. Very good. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good. Uh, we, you did a couple of shows last summer, and uh, it's great to have you back again. Yeah, mate. It's good to be here. Looking forward to it. It's been a long time between drinks, but it's good to be here. Hey, big show tonight. Ebony O'Day from the Port Adelaide yep. Footy Club is coming on. Erin Phillips' last game, so we'll ask her about that. And yep. just, just how she's going at the Port Footy Club. And things aren't, I guess going as well as what they would have expected mm. this year. But so we'll ask her the tough questions, but uh, she's a good player. Seat. Yeah, she's a very good player. Very yeah, good, good player. player. Tough. Yeah, she is. She's um, very, very in and under and um, she gets it done, Ebony. And we'll cross to India to speak to our very good friend, friend Barat Sundarason. He's going to let us know how the World Cup's going and if the Aussies can beat the Palms, uh, which we think they should. They should. They should. We do. And um, you can be part of the show as well. Just get on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line. Give us a call, 1300 736 736, or text in 0427 154 166. Or if you've got the SEN app, you can just press the button on the app and uh, get through either text or call. Time for the hot topic. Thanks to Irrigear. To save time and water, Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. Um, Troy, I just want to play you a little bit of audio from Tom Morris this morning, talking about the AFL clubs. They don't want four four uh, players on the bench and a sub. They want five players. Let's have a listen to Tom. There's not a lot of movement at the AFL on this matter, but that doesn't mean that it won't happen between now and the start of next season. So did you know, Kane, that match payments for the sub last year were not part of the salary cap? So the AFLPA has long pushed for the sub to be eradicated completely. No sub. The players don't like it, but the league told the Players Association a while ago that when they introduced the sub, the majority of clubs were for it. That's not the case anymore. As far as I, as far as I can tell, I haven't spoken to all 18 clubs, clearly, but from a sample size, which is fairly big from the ones I've spoken to, they don't want the sub. They want five interchange players, and that fifth interchange player, their match payment is part of the salary cap. I think the sub was brought in initially because there was a medical sub. I mean, the reason that it was eliminated initially... Because everyone hated it. Everyone hated it. Did you hate it? I hate it, mate. I hate it. Still do. Still do. Why? Do you think it's a good idea, though, to go to take that medical sub on and... Yeah, do you, do you think it? Do you think it's going to make a big I difference? Think, I think. Um, I think when they made it from the sub to the medical sub was a good move because clubs were rorting that a little bit. Um, I can see where clubs coming from where they want to have access to five on the bench. Um, they want to have fresher players with the injury cap uh, interchange cap. It still does make it tough to use that extra player a lot. Um, but I also think they're going to get a lot of pushback from the from the AFL because. The reason, the reason having the medical sub is if uh, for the concussion rule. So let's say this year Bonds was massive. Whereas if there is just five on the bench, you're going to have mo- more high impact collisions, which the AFL we do know is very against. Why do Why do you think that'll occur? There's still rotation caps, so you can't use more players. There'll be one slightly fresher player. Yeah, you are correct, but it does make a difference. Um, 
having that extra on the bench, it, it gives you, it allows you to maybe run run someone else through the midfield and, you know, have, have another runner in your team rather than playing an extra key player or something like that. So it will make a difference to speeding up the game. Um, and I think if, if there's going to be five players on the bench they can effectively play, I don't think the AFL are going to allow all five of them to be available at once. I thought it was a bit strange that that player, their wage wasn't part of the salary cap. That just seems a bit weird to me. I thought if the player's the sub for the game, they get paid. Yeah, yeah, they do. Well, they, they get a full match payment. That's so. right. So why why is that not included in it the is, salary cap? It is That's quite just, bizarre, yeah. That is bizarre. It's probably quite good negotiating by the FLPA, <laughs> to be honest. So if I, – I don't, I don't see the AFL changing it. No. Do you think it'll come in in time? Do you think it's just a matter of time before this happens? Uh, I'm not sure. I think I think if anything, like it could go the other way and you still have your four and there'd be two medical subs. Um, I don't see the AFL increasing the numbers on the interchange that are readily available to the teams because it does. It creates a faster game. It creates uh, less stoppages. It creates higher impact contest and we know that the AFL stance on that at the moment um, they're very strong in their concussion protocol and they I don't think they're willing to to bring in a new rule that's gonna I guess go against their their protocol in that sense all right let me uh, you you weren't here last night and the biggest news yesterday was that Port Adelaide and likely the crows are going to be out of the sandful competition which you're part of yep. uh, in uh, not next season but the season after 2025. What do you, what was your initial thoughts when you heard that news? Um, my initial thoughts were there's going to be a lot of happy Sandful fans out there. Um, myself personally, I actually don't think it's a great thing for the Sandful if we lose Adelaide and Port. Um, as much as they're classed as AFL teams and they have access to a lot of listed players, I mean, it shows in the past, I think, six, seven years, none of the AFL teams have won a Sandful flag. No. Um, so they don't come in and dominate. Um, and I think... I think once you take them out of the sample, they're still whatever comp they play in, they're still going to need top up players yes. to play in that competition. Yes. So effectively, what's going to happen there is you're going to lose top end sample players to go play for those AFL clubs as a top up player because you get you get seen more, you you get noticed more, you're in their in their spotlight, you're under their eye. So you're actually going to lose quality of sample players when this happens. So I think. From a Sample fan, a diehard Sample fan, yeah, you're going to love it having just your eight teams. But for longevity of the Sample, I don't think it's a great thing. No, I think initially, uh, initially, it's going to hurt the Sample. Mm. And I think the the Sample fans that have been crying out AFL out of the Sample uh, for years mm. now, um, I'm not sure they're going to like the reaction once those clubs are. Those two clubs are gone. They do invest. The clubs get a lot of money out of the two AFL yes, clubs they do. because yes. they're part of the sample. That money will go. Yes. So yes, it's about absolutely. it's roughly about fifty thousand dollars per club. Mm. So that's a big chunk for any sample club. Massively, it's a, it's yeah. a massive chunk, and and we've seen we've seen over the last three four years the sample were also quite reluctant to raise salary cap, um, which means you're also struggling to keep players in that sense of it as well. So I think yeah, if if it does come over the next 12 months, 24 months, however long it takes. If um, we do lose Port and Adelaide, I think it will take a hit on the sample. So currently, let's pick a club out. Let's use my club, Hawthorne. Box Hill have had a long association with them. Um, the name that comes to mind straight away was Sam Mitchell, who mm. was playing at Box Hill 
regularly, eventually, you know, no no team wanted to draft him. Eventually, Hawthorne said, okay, he's now playing at a standard. We need to pick him up. And he went on to captain the club, which, yeah, which is amazing, and now coach the club. But uh, you will get, like you said, you will get a loss of players coming from the sample who will just go and play reserves footy as a top-up player for one of their AFL clubs, won't you? Yes, absolutely you would. I mean, if I... If I was 18, 19, 20, 21 to 23, 24, and I was knocking down the door but not getting um, not getting picked up at mm. the end of the year, I'd absolutely be looking to go to one of those clubs because you're, you're more likely than not going to get picked every week. You're playing in an AFL system. You're playing for an AFL team effectively, and you're in the eyes of, of everyone there, the head coach, the um, all the assistant coaches. So you're more likely to get noticed there by, by the people around you than just sitting at your sample club. You may, and we're starting to see that now. Jackson Haightley, who yeah. got delisted by the Crows, was widely tipped to go back to Centrals. Yep. And now he's going to play in the VFL. Yep. Yeah, he's, uh, he's In the Essendon alignment team. So, um, yeah, like, it's going to be a massive change for the sample. They're going to have to be smart, and they are mm. smart people, the sample. Yeah. Um, but let's have a listen to... Darren Chandler on his thoughts of Port, reports that Port were leaving the competition. We believe that the current format does work very well. Is it perfect? No. But does it work very well? Yes. The two AFL clubs here, while they'll argue that they don't have as much access to the top-end talent for their top-up players, they do have the advantage of playing the best competition outside of the AFL. And uh, when you look at the VFL results this year and you see scores of 200 points for nothing, you know, there is a significant advantage in playing the sample competition. It isn't perfect, we get that, and we'll continue to have those discussions with, with the AFL, with both AFL clubs, and, you know, hopefully at the end of the day we can get a an outcome, mm. um, which is really good for both AFL clubs and really good um, for the sample and to make sure that the sample remains, you know, the premier um, state league competition yeah. outside of the AFL. So Darren Chandler, they're the CEO of the sample, just he, he speaks very well and he, he he's confident that the sample will be good regardless of what happens. But he he, he was sort of hinting at, no, they're not going anywhere. But yeah, I'm, yeah. Is that a little right. bit of denial? Uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to come out and say, well, I'm a bit worried. I guess. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think you're right. I mean, he did touch on the Sanfu is the best comp outside of the AFL. Um, so to play, players do come here to, to want to get drafted and, yes. and play high-level football. So they're not playing in a comp which, like like they said, you have your your Coburgs and your, your, Nor- uh, your Northern Bullants and um, teams like that in the VFL where they get pumped 200 points every week. So you, they're playing against good opposition here in the Sandville. So it's not detri- detrimental to the AFL teams. All right. Um, big news today for every player of the Sample. Mm-hmm. The Sample are swapping footies. They're going from the Burley over to the Sharon. And Darren Chandler, a little announcement on that. There's no pressure at all from the hotel. This is a decision that we've made. We've um, had a long-term partnership with Burley, which has been really um, excellent. Um, but we've, uh, we've, you know, we're determined to make sure that um, our, our state league competition is the best outside the AFL, and our talent programs are the best in the nation. And um, and uh, I think it's widely um, suggested that the Sharon Ball is the mm. the lead product, and that's why the AFL use it. And, and um, Sharon put, you know, an extremely good offer on the table to us, and not only 
not an investment in South Australian football, but what they intend to bring in terms of um, uh, the activations and promotion and, and uh, right across the board for football in this state. So it's a, it's a great outcome and we're really looking forward to it. Troy, from a player's point of view, Sharon or Burley? Oh, I think 99.9% of the competition will be on Sharon their bonds. It's some of the best news a sample brought out in a while. Now, it's not that the Burleys are bad footy. No, no. I'd, I'd say the Sharons, are, they're a bit more forgiving. Um, okay. Burleys are, are, are quite a pointy footy. Um, and, yeah, if you don't hit them well, you can miskick them quite badly, as I do know, Bonds. Um, <laughs> but I think I think this is a great move for the sample. I mean, um, we're, I think the, the, the um, waffle changed from Burley to, Sam, uh, to Sharons as well. So we were the last comp to be playing with Burley footies. Um, so it's good to actually be running around with the Sharon next year. There you go. Sharon in the hands of the Sandful players next year. Um, wonder if we'll make uh, the umpires bounce it straighter. <laughs> uh, coming, <laughs> coming up on the show, Ebony O'Day and Barat will speak to him all the way from India. Thanks to Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Back soon. The all-electric Kia EV6, with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Paul Bonds, uh, Troy Menzel with you on a beautiful Friday. How good's the weather been? Uh, it's fantastic. And the weekend's going to be awesome oh, it too. it is. It's looking very good. Uh, and I've got Monday off and it's going to be about 30 better. degrees, so I'm very happy with that as well. <laughs> uh, you can be part of the show, Just Quality Home Improvements, open line, one 736 736 Give us a ring or if you've uh, got your phone by you. Text in 0427 154 166 and let us know what you think about the AFL going to uh, five, possibly go to five players on the bench rather than four in a sub. Um, do you like the sample using the Sharon footy? Um, there's lots, yeah, lots to talk about. And um, the good oil now, men's for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and First cold-pressed in northern Victoria. I'm going to give you an up, update on the Strikers. Because the Strikers are taking yeah. on the Sixers over at the Wacker. Um, they bowled pretty well, our girls. Uh, restricted the Sixers to six for 111. Um, so the run chase is on. And we've just gone to an ad break at the worst time. It's one for 14. <laughs> <laughs> there they are. After one two. for 14. Uh, Laura Woolvart the batter out and she's out four five um but they should get chased down this 111 should they would at the wacker? So. It's, it's a pretty green wicket there bonds well, it's but... the first time i've seen the wacker look that green it's um yeah it's pretty incredible actually almost looks like uh yeah it's really strange for the wacker to have a such a green deck but it doesn't seem to be doing anything no, out of the ordinary no, no it doesn't doesn't look to be moving too much so tully mcgrath's come to the crease katie mack is still there but uh, one for 15 after 2.1 overs, chasing 111, the girls. And that is the Gordo Oil for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. A bit of um, NBL news. Our 36ers travel to Perth. Yep. They got on the plane today. Perth have lost four in a row. 
we beat them as part of that four, we and we go over there to take them on in front of a full house at uh, RCA Arena and um, RCA, RAC, RAC Arena. <laughs> uh, Sixes, do they just win? Over there, or is it going to be really tough? Like they're I mean, going to be pumped up. Perth. Yeah, they they are. I mean, their, their last win was against us as well, um, so they'll take confidence in that. But it would be nice to hand them five on a trot and and have a couple of wins ourselves. Yeah, I I, I just think that playing really good basketball, it's probably the worst time to get the Wildcats. Correct. And I think if they're going to have trouble stopping Bryce Cotton, mm. if the Wildcats lose this game, so that'll be five losses in a row. Yep. They'll be pulling the walls down in Perth. Um, <laughs> but also, they then have to travel to Melbourne on Monday and play top of the table Melbourne United. It is. It's um, it's a tough little schedule for them. And it's, it's, it's foreign territory for them as well, the Wildcats. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Six. That'll be six losses in a row. Because I, I, I can't see them going to Melbourne and beating, beating Melbourne. No, I no, can't see that happening. Not. So if they can't get over the 36s. Die straights. Oh, it'd be great. Because we don't really like the Wildcats, do we? No, we don't. I mean, they've, they've had enough success, so <laughs> it's, right. it's nice to see them. That's right. Um, you can hear that game as well on SEN. Um, Tim Gossage, Andrew Vlahoff will be calling that game. So uh, tune in to the boys and cheer our 36ers home. Get They're uh, going okay. Yeah. Going yeah. okay. All happy and smiles after a bit of a rough start. <laughs> NBA yeah. action as well today, uh, Troy. Um Victor Weminyama, the number one draft draftee, yeah, showing his class. Victor, he's um showing exactly why he was very much undisputed number one. Thirty-eight points, eleven rebounds in just his fifth game mm. of NBA basketball At, in Phoenix as well. Yes, in Phoenix as well. So it's um he's he's I think the 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 knock on him early was if he can stay healthy, and obviously as the season goes on, it'll it'll show, but. He's shown very early how how good he's going to be. He's just he's a he's a different breed, isn't he, Vons? Well, that's why they call him the alien. There's that's nothing <laughs> like him in the competition. It's yeah. He's if you haven't seen Mr. Webinyama play, um, yeah, just go and maybe watch watch the mini. Just mm. go and watch yep, the mini and watch some of the highlights. Uh, he is amazing. the The length of his arms. It's incredible. He gets the ball to places where no yeah. other players can't defend yeah, it's, it. It's almost unfair. It's almost it's it's like <laughs> it watching is. an adult against kids sometimes when you yeah. watch him play. Yeah, and the French national team, how strong they're going to be in the oh, uh, next few incredible. years. One to look out you got for. Alexander Saar over in Perth. He's a seven foot two, similar type of player, not up to that standard, but yeah, very interesting. Very good. Yeah. Um, lots more to come on the show. We're going to speak to Ebony O'Day from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. Erin Phillips playing her last game tomorrow. Hopefully there's a big crowd down there at Alberton as well. And we're going to cross to India to speak to my very good friend with the long hair, Barat Sundaraisen. All here uh, with Paul Bonzer and Troy Manzel on Sports ASA. And don't forget, Beaumont's Tiles giving you giving away a trip to America to the biggest footy game worth over $70,000 Shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12. T's and C's apply. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.
Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Uh, Paul Bonzer, Troy Menzel with you, and you can be part of the show. one 736 736 That's the Just Quality Home Improvement open line or text on 0427 154 And we're here for Toolkit Depot. Tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. Toolkit Depot, everything you need under one roof. Tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear in store or online. Uh, Troy, it's now time to speak to one of the uh, stars. We can call her a star, can't we? we? Can. Of the Port Adelaide Absolutely Footy Club. Um, and she's brought to us by Tire Power Holiday Getaway Sale. It's on now with huge value on selected Falcon and passenger tyres. Ebony O'Day from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. Welcome to Sports Day SA. G'day. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on. Um, now, I just want to ask you, I guess, before we get into and speak about the great Erin Phillips, because playing her last game, we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But how have you seen the season so far for the girls? I'm a bit, a bit disappointed to so far only equal last season's effort of one, one win, one draw. Had a few close ones on the line, so we would have liked the ladder to be looking a bit better than it does. There's been a lot of progress, but we certainly would have liked to get a few more wins on the board. So have you seen a, a development through the whole group? Like, There's definitely been improvement, but uh, is it, I guess, a little bit behind where you expected? Yeah, we would have liked to have developed a bit quicker, and we still do have a really young group, and this will only be our 20th game as a club coming up this weekend. And we've seen some of our young stars really step up this season. Obviously, Scholze and the Rucks had a great year. Derek's had a great year. Tickles had a great year. So... We've got a few girls really pushing um, pushing their, their level and improving, and we're just trying to get more and more girls to jump on board and lift the level as, as a squad and yeah, be more competitive with you as we keep going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Ebony, we'll talk a little bit about your journey. You were drafted to GWS in uh, 2019 and then moved to Collingwood for a, for a few years and then uh, with Port coming in as the expansion club, moved uh, home back to South Australia. How, how have you seen with... With Port being an expansion club and you just touching on um, this week, only being like um, you haven't played many games at all as a football club. How have you taken, what have, sorry, what have you taken from Collingwood and GWS into um, Port being a new club? Um, I think it was a very different role coming across, having been probably one of the younger, less experienced players at Collingwood, particularly uh, coming across to Port and all of a sudden being one of the older, more experienced girls coming in. So it's just a shift in role for me personally. But all of us girls who came across from other programs had a bit of responsibility to drive the standards and help build the foundation of an elite team um, and teach those girls how to perform at a high level and train at a high level and live life as an athlete outside of the club as well um, and just try and set an example and bring our young teammates along who were just starting in their AFLW journey straight out of Danville or Waffle or whatever um, state league they come from or local league and cross-coders. So it's a real mix and, yeah, a bit of a mix of players. Obviously, you've got a few girls over 50 games and then some girls who have played one or two games. So just trying to get everyone on the same level. So did that role excite you? Is that one of the reasons you, you came to Port, to have a bit of a mentoring role for the younger players? Um, certainly part of it and just yeah, getting a bit more opportunity um, and playing a yeah, different position and different role within the team on the field as well. But yeah, it was an easy decision in the end to come back home and certainly be able to step up a little bit and be somewhat of a leader within a young group um, was one of those opportunities that I really wanted to jump at. Yeah, definitely. We will touch on the footy, obviously, this week being um, last round of the season, but also being Indigenous round. Um, I was just looking at the Port Guernsey before Bonds. It's actually absolutely fantastic design. 
um, this this year. They they've done really well there. With with it being Indigenous Round, Ebony, what I know usually the club goes through. Um, I guess a lot of a lot of stuff to I I guess help um, uh, teach and educate players about um, Indigenous culture and everything like that. So how have you found that this week? Um, it's Pride Round this weekend, so we've, we've oh, finished sorry. off Indigenous Round. I think I was uh, six oh, and seven or seven or my eight. Note, my notes are wrong here, Bonds. <laughs> oh no, that's all right, mate. That's all right. Um, but you had a bit of involvement uh, with designing the Pride Jumper, didn't you, as well, Ebony? Yeah, yeah, that was um, something I was working on. It's been over a year in the making. Um, wow. But, yeah, got to work on that with our, one of our graphic designers, Rach, as well, at the club, to get that one sorted. So, yeah, super pumped to be running out in that for round 10. Fantastic. All right, let's get on to Erin. Uh, she plays uh, her last game of footy on Saturday tomorrow at Alberton Oval. Um, hopefully, if you're listening, just get down and, and cheer Erin on and the team. But what has Aaron meant to, one, the Port Adelaide Footy Club and just to you as a player to watch her from an opposition team and also to now play in her, in her final game? I can't really say anything that hasn't been said and you can't overstate her impact either. She's been a real pioneer of the game, not just at Port, but for the whole league and just putting AFLW on the, on the map. Um, and then... Within a new club, like I said, there was a few experienced players coming over, but none more so than Aaron. Aaron to really set those standards for a new team to have someone like Aaron to build around and lead the squad. She's been phenomenal and like off the track, just teaching those elite habits and setting a fantastic example for our girls to follow. She's just been phenomenal. We're going to massively miss her out on the field, um, but I'm sure her presence won't be completely lost at the club. She- um, but yeah, she's just been amazing for. Yeah, the two said we've been lucky enough to have her on the field. What's she like off the field? Is she a quiet person or is she a bit of a rat bag in the change rooms? <laughs> Wouldn't say she's a rat bag. She's sort of in between those two. She's not quiet or outspoken, but she's not a, not a rat bag, not too rambunctious, but she's really good at sort of tailoring her communication to who she's with and with such a diverse group and some of our really young out there girls, um, she'll bring that side out a bit more. I've got a few girls that are on the quieter side. So it depends who she's talking to. She's really good at sort of reading the room, especially having yeah, up and ups and downs in the season. She's yeah able to present in different ways. So she's a very versatile character um, and off the field, always just level-headed, mature, but has a bit of fun side to her as well. Nah, fantastic. Um, we spoke about obviously Port being, you know, it's a, r- a real growth year for them. Who's uh, one or, or two, a couple of girls who have, um, I guess, not played a heap of footy this year, but have really developed as the year's gone on and, and for Port fans listening, who are some to look forward to next year? Um, I mentioned probably our three key ones who've played a lot of W League footy this season. Um, takes that for a while with injury, but between Schulte and Abby Dowrick and Teeks, they've been a couple of standout performers. But we've had some girls that, yeah, haven't played as many games of, of W footy that have been playing in the scrimmage matches that have certainly improved and are continuing to show us what they can do. Um, I think Tony Cockatoo Motlap, she's had a, a great season in their reserves as well. And Jade DeMello's done some really good things down there. Georgie Jacks has been building. Um, unfortunately, she did a knee last week, but certainly some of our young girls are really showing good signs and good improvement that might not have been seen on the TV screen yet, but showing them in the, the scrimmage matches. 
I've seen a bit of uh, Jade Demelli caught a bit of her sample stuff, and she's going to be a, a star. Um, I have Steve no, Damon. yes, I have no doubt about that. Uh, what about yourself? Is there a team that I know the seat, the competition hasn't been going that for that long, but is there a team you like playing against, or a team you hate playing against that you really just want to beat? I mean, it's always the Crows that we definitely want to beat. <laughs> well, that's so they, obvious. They've set the standard for for years now. So a team that, yeah, when we get the challenge of playing them in our showdowns, it's always going to be a really high bar, and we we want to compete against the best. Um, and we've been lucky enough to play against three of the top four sides that have really yeah, shown us what the level is and given us something to work towards. But those, yeah, three that we played this season in uh, the Crows. North and uh, Brisbane have yeah, shown us how to play W footy and we're going to learn off of those good teams and get up to the level as soon as we can. Yeah, absolutely. And and going into the finals, obviously Crows are, are one of the favourites to win it. Do you do you think they'll go the way or who, who are your tip to take it out? Well, it's a tricky question. I feel like I'm jumping the gun whoever I say. I think there's there's a key top four and there's yep. probably a few dark horses trying to sneak up. Um, but yeah, it's hard to see Crows not making it to what last day in it's not well, last weekend of November or the grand final weekend. Is. <laughs> the great, you can just say um, the grand final. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to see them not going at least yeah deep into finals. They're always going to be up there. All right, before we let you go, uh, what do you do away from footy? Um, I work at a hospital in Henley Beach. I work at Western Hospital. So I just do a bit of admin and data entry mostly over there. So I've got a couple of teammates working there as well in Gemma and Tony. They're working, or Gemma works in a similar role and Tony works as a receptionist upstairs. There's a few of us down there. Oh, well, that's great. Look, appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, best of luck for the final game tomorrow and hopefully the girls can send Erin off with a big win at home in front of a massive crowd. We'll give it our best. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Ebony O'Day from the Port Adelaide Footy Club um, speaks so well. And, and as we said before we spoke to her, just, just a tough player and attacks the footy. Mm. Love the way she plays. Absolutely. Uh, spot on, Bond. She'll um, be very important for Port moving forward. We can give you a, a cricket update. Uh, Strikers girls are going to right, Troy. They are. They're flying at the moment. Uh, Tali McGrath is still there on 22. Katie Mack uh, just hit one over the top. She's on 24. She's maybe going to be on 28 now. She is as that ball hits the boundary. The strikers are one for 56, chasing 111. Um, yeah, that's just about over, I would have thought. Should be there. They're going along very nicely, their bonds. Yeah. We're about to cross to uh, our good friend in India, um, Barat, and Pride Round. Pride round. Yeah, sorry. Pride. That, was, that's, that's, that one's on me. I'll put my hand up and own that one. That's okay. <laughs> we'll just put that in the bank and we'll yep. play that later in the year when we need, when we need Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Pride round. Yes. You, won't, you won't forget that one now, no, will we you? Won't. <laughs> <laughs> I bet your Dan's listening and he's going, just, oh, I'm going to pay him out when I get it when he gets home. Yeah, um, I'm sure I've he might, got He might be texting probably. you already. Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, it is now in Adelaide. It's 6.41. Sports Day SA on Cruise thirteen twenty three and sixteen twenty nine SEN SA. Troy, our next guest is all the way across the other side of the world. He's in India and he's brought to us by Henley's new home designs with drop prices, all the luxuries, and now seven star energy efficiency. Barat Sundarason, welcome to Sports Day SA. Thank you for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Or, uh, um, Doc, I always good to talk 
you when I'm sitting next to you. Bill Coventry is probably at. Yes, hopefully that's not too far away. You're just breaking up a little bit there, but uh, hopefully that line stays clear for us. Before we get uh, into the cricket and talk cricket, I wanted to ask you, what is it like being home and um, spending a bit of time back in India? I know, it's been amazing. Uh, You know, I was fortunate enough to come back here earlier this year for the Test Series and... uh, I got to meet a lot of friends and family at that point, but uh, this has been different. You know, we're not in any, any city for longer than two or three days, um, and uh, I did ma- get a break in between the last game and this one, so I went to Bombay and met a few friends. And uh, uh, maybe I should have posted uh, a few pictures with, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, not just uh, some of my female friends because uh, I've come for a bit of flack for that. Uh, not from not from people people who matter, thankfully, but like more from people here. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's, it's been great fun, uh, you know, and just not, not just for me, but to be able to, like, take uh, a lot of these Aussie uh, journalists who are on tour with me on a cultural journey, like, you know, show them places of history and uh, expose them to different cuisines. It's been, it's been a wonderful experience. Even here, we went to the Gandhi Ashram a few days back, and, and I gave them a little bit of a history lesson or whatever I know. But nah, it's been it's been a fascinating uh, a few weeks for sure. Yeah, fantastic. It's good to hear. Um, we will get into the cricket. So there's clearly been two standout teams this comp in in South Africa and India, um, and the guys like Quinton de Kock and and Virat Kohli having very good competitions now. For us back in Australia, they play this Sunday night. Um, what do you see yeah. as definitely the, it's a match of the the World Cup so far? Um, what do you mm. see as a big key takeaways from that? What, what's what's going to win the game there? Oh, I mean, the Australia, South Africa can bat first and put on a big total on the board and put pressure on that Indian batting lineup. But we saw it against New Zealand, right? Like when India and New Zealand played, at that point, that was the biggest contest uh, because both teams were unbeaten. Uh, and New Zealand looked good in the first half, but India's bowling just been so good at different stages of uh, an innings that they just keep coming back and bringing their entire team back in. And that's exactly what happened in that game. So, which is what you'd expect happening against. Uh, South Africa as well. Calcutta can be interesting. Look, it used to be a turning pitch back in the day, but in the IPL these days, you can see some bounce and some carry, which also means that the ball will come onto the bat. So the South Africans won't have pitch conditions to worry about. Uh, but it's just the might of this Indian team, uh, right? Like with the bat, with the ball. Uh, and, but only with South Africa, I can see them beating India as they do that. They do what they've been doing consistently, which is put up scores of over 50 on the board. Uh, and then put pressure on the Indian batting lineup. Otherwise, it just looks like one-way traffic at this moment. I wanted to ask you about Mohammed Shami. He's bowling beautifully. Five again last night. Is he the best white ball seam bowler in world cricket? Oof, tough to argue with that, uh, isn't it, Bonds? Like what? Mm. He's taken forty-five World Cup wickets at an average of twelve, <laughs> which is like incredible numbers. Like, uh, and in fifty-over cricket as well. This is not T20 cricket. Don't forget. So, uh, no, across. Doing it across eight world uh, or eight years of World Cup cricket, and the fact that he's not even in their choice first eleven, uh, he had to wait three games to get a look in, and since then he's taken two five wicket hauls. Uh, I mean, he's just a, he's always been a sensational bowler. You speak to the Australian cricketers, as much as they respect Jasprit Bumrah, uh, they obviously face more of Shami. That's he's always been number one as the most dangerous bowler to face because they've never really been able to get on top of him in Test cricket and One Day cricket, and he's just proven that once again. Uh, last night, but even uh, earlier on in the tournament, like ever since he started playing. So um, it will be tough to argue against him being the best white ball bowler at the moment. There are so many doing the rounds, though. 
Yeah, he just he just always, and you can watch this in slow motion every time he plays. Is the uh, the seam position is just always mm. always perfect with him. It's just I love watching him bowl. Um, is how has the tournament been received in India? We've seen some good crowds. We've seen mm. some poor crowds early, but how has it been perceived? Yeah. Oh no, no, I think it's really catching fire now. Yes. Um, it's always going to take a while. Uh, right, like the, the thing with these long tournaments, anyway, whatever sport you're talking about, it takes a while to like uh, uh, catch on, and it is. And like the weather is getting slightly better in India as we enter what we call our winter. I mean, some some parts of India does do not Bombay, not Ahmedabad, uh, but it's getting cooler, so you'll see a lot more people coming too as well. And any time uh, with an Indian cricket team around, if they start winning, everything just looks better in India. So that's what's happening. Uh, obviously, the buzz is, has increased since the early stages because, I mean, there were a few nerves about this Indian team, to be honest. Uh, yes, they won the Asia Cup handsomely, but there were a lot of question marks. So finally, it looks like, um, you know, because of their performances, the buzz is really like where uh, you expect it to be and it'll just get better. Uh, it'll just grow. It'll just hit fever pitch as we get into the semifinals. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've seen in the past that the format, I guess, has been a bit different with used to have your, your pools and then you go on your Super 6 and whatnot, whereas mm. now we see every team plays everyone once. So there, there's nine games that uh, each country plays. Mm. Do, you, do we think it goes for too long now before we get to, any, to see any finals, final cricket? Uh, my wife certainly thinks so, to be honest. I think it, this is the last time we're going to see this kind of format because, as we know, we go back to 14 teams and, and pools pools and all of that, like from uh, the next uh, one-day Men's World Cup on with 27. Uh, but the way it, it is positioned with, uh, uh, you know, 10 teams, I think it's fair that everyone plays everyone, uh, that eventually uh, you, you get give leave teams time to, like, like you know, lose form, find form, and lose form again, uh, or in whatever order you want to think about it. Uh, and that's what's happened. We've seen the likes of New Zealand start on a struggle, Australia started and they can come back strongly. He's just a uh, And I say that it's just um, uh, it, it's a it's a good format in that sense. But um, but this is when like you know uh, tomorrow's game. Yes, Australia England is a big game. But New Zealand Pakistan could decide how interesting this last week is. If Pakistan win, then the tournament is still wide open. Uh, but if New Zealand win, then you think more or less your semi finalists are decided. Uh, so to now, Barat, you're just breaking up a little. Sometimes you come in clear, so maybe just take a step to the left and uh, see how you go. I, I, <laughs> what's the biggest story of the tournament so far for you? Has it been Dukok? Has it been the rise of Afghanistan? Has it been the demise of the English? Uh, what do you think the biggest story is? Uh, I guess you can't, you have to you struggle to like look beyond the demise of the English purely because the human and defending champions they're still such a great team. I mean, I was watching them train yesterday, and they're oh, such a bloody good team. And uh, for them to struggle the way they have, and it tells you uh, like you know something's not right. And that for me has been the story in that sense. But um, look, um, I think even even you know Afghanistan. Not just the fact that they're winning matches, but they're doing it so professionally. It's so good. And they've been around a while now, right? They're not like the Netherlands. They are a full member nation. But just to see them put, put like consistent performances the way they have, um, for me, has been the most pleasing part of it. Um, for that matter, even Netherlands, right? We speak about England struggling. But Netherlands have 
yes, except that one big defeat against Australia, the way they came back after that defeat to win the next match, um, tells you how much their cricket has grown and uh, how much fun it's been watching them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's definitely good for the game to see other countries rather than the big four or five up there um, all the time. Mm-hmm. We will touch on Australia. They obviously have um, no Mitch Marsh and no Glenn Maxwell tomorrow night and for however long for the rest of the tournament. Do Are Australia still a chance to win it without those two? And put your selectors hat on, who would you be picking to replace them? Uh, I guess, I mean, it's pretty obvious because you just have 13 members, so you won't play Alex Carey because Josh Inglis made uh, the keeper spot himself, for himself at the moment. And then it's Sean Abbott. So I guess Cam Green and Marcus Stoinis both will play. Marcus Stoinis looks like he's regained his fitness. He had a big training session yesterday. Um, Cam Green, well, you know, I don't think he would have expected getting another chance uh, after he was left out in the last game, but here it is. And here is his opportunity to play the most. Uh, but, uh, you know, Glenn Maxwell, uh, he had a bit of a hit yesterday. We'll, I'll, I'll keep a key, a keen eye on him this evening when they do have a practice session. But um, he should be back against Afghanistan, Pat Cummins said, which is Australia's next game in Bombay, uh, Mumbai. But, um, uh, yeah, Mitch Marsh, I mean, uh, thoughts with him. Uh, he's going to be with his family, like Marcus has said, which is, should always be priority. Um, but uh, we're hearing that he, she, he will come back at some point. That's the message he left. Marcus Stoinis and the rest of the team. So that's great news. And uh, But that's the thing with Travis Head having come into the side. Suddenly the team doesn't look uh, so out of, uh, without those two big names. Um, Barat, does Travis take some, some of those Maxwell overs? Does, is he going to be able to bowl? Mm. Uh, no, I mean, considering it was his left hand that was uh, broken or fractured. Uh, bowling's not been a problem for him at all, and it's just that he wasn't needed in the last game. But uh, I can definitely see him uh, chip in with the Maxwell overs. And, and don't forget, in his previous avatar as an ODI cricketer, he used to bowl 10 overs on the probably which is quota quite often. And even uh, since he's made his comeback, he's bowled a lot. He had a great spell against Sadhguru uh, for the ODI. So uh, he will play a role uh, for sure. No maximum. This is the role expect. Just breaking up a little again, Barat. Barat. So uh, just if you can take another step to the left, that'll be great. <laughs> yeah, one more for you, Barat. I think to we've seen we we've spoken yeah. about seeing um, teams like Afghanistan and Netherlands play some really good cricket. Who's one guy who's come out of the tournament who was, I guess, a lesser known name before the World Cup, who has now put himself up in lights. Ooh, I mean, Rachin Ravindra, I have to speak about him, right? The 100 he made against uh, Australia the other day. Yes, he's from New Zealand, but um, he wasn't in anyone's, uh, you know, uh, uh, card to be a name that we would be speaking about. But just the consistency he showed with the bat. And he nearly took New Zealand home in that massive run chase against Australia. Uh, make the 100 in, on, on, like, in on day one against England. Uh, he's been a name that nobody would have really, like, expected to make, make a splash, but he's been everywhere. Uh, but from, from, say, in Afghanistan or, or Netherlands, there have been so many. I mean, Scott Edwards, our own Scott Edwards, if we can claim him uh, as Australian, um, has, uh, you know, played some uh, blinding innings, like, you know, match-winning innings, lowered out the order. Uh, Ramanullah Gurbaz, uh, who's been around for a while now, uh, but uh, he's got an IPL deal and he's shown what he can do. He's been in sensational form at the top of the order for Afghanistan. So there have been quite a few, um, you know, of those names, but Rachin Ravindra just stands out about all of them. 
Well, Barat, uh, we'll let you go. Um, have a great rest of uh, the tournament, and hopefully um, it's Australia v India in the final and you can sit on the fence and <laughs> barrack for both teams. Uh, great to chat with you, and we'll see you uh, back here in Adelaide very soon. Can't wait, Bob. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a lovely day. Thanks. Barat Sundarais, and all the way from India, uh, just you'd never want to meet a better person than Barat. He's uh, a legend, and if you ever see an Indian man with very long hair and loud clothes walking around Adelaide, that's the man, the Barat. Um, Troy, that, just about finished now. We've uh, had a, a jam-packed show. Um, have you had fun? Mate, it's been good. It's, it's, it's been good to be back in the studios, um, to, to be back on the mic, and, and yeah. to be back with you, Bonds. It's been fantastic. What do you got to plan for the weekend? Much? Um, well, we, we start training, obviously, very soon, so I'm trying to keep my weekends quite, quite low-key until then. Right. <laughs> good to hear. All right. Uh, hope you have a great weekend, everyone, and we'll see you Monday back with Dan Menzel on Monday here on Sports ASA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.